can use me as an example for a candy addiction. You are listening to a production of the Toll Network, home of Biting Analysis. I am Matthew, an Ultraman noob, and I'm here to discuss SSSS.Gridman. This is Going Ultra 9, Akane Wept. Overall thoughts on Episode 9, uh, Dream. On a scale of terrible to great, this was a very good episode, very compelling. Uh, overall, the story of this episode was, mm, I guess, a little light on plot, but uh, it was deep. <laughs> Uh, in regards to what happened with the characters, and it was very much enjoyable to uh, see everything happening. Um, it felt very profound. Um, feels like a real turning point in the series. Uh, and on the setting, uh, once again, um, this very familiar world within this town, um, which I can't remember, is it the Sujidai High? Or is that, like, the whole town? I, I don't remember. Anyway, um, all those settings that Akane was in with uh, Utsumi, Rika, and Hibiki were familiar. They're places we've seen uh, time and time again. Um, these are interactions that are getting uh, played from a different perspective. And uh, it feels like a skillful reuse of some of the animation, which I think it was, but at the same time, it's also a really, I don't know, it's a really clever, almost intimate way, uh, to handle this sort of thing. Um, I wish, uh, I wish I would have saved the, uh, the last temptation title for this because, uh, I mean, this, this is more what it feels like, but, um, Akane really put herself out there and try to connect to these people in a really meaningful way. Um, now you can argue about the authenticity uh, that she has, um, but I mean, I think it's clear, especially with how sad she is at the end of the episode, that she's sincerely trying to reach out to these folks um, and is hurt and frustrated that she can't. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, she is, I, I guess I'm dovetailing directly to my immediate afterthoughts. So she's this god, um, and she made these people to react to her a certain way, and it's just not working. Um, and it reminds me, I just heard this teaching, I just shared it with one of my kids the other day, um, that, uh, you know, when a soul is being born, an angel decrees that, you know, these will be all its qualities, all its characteristics, but the only thing that it, the one thing that it doesn't decree, uh, is fear of God or whether or not, um, the individual born will fear God because that's a human choice. And, uh, in the Torah, fear and love, uh, are presented as kind of, uh, things that should be held simultaneously in, uh, later, uh, writings of, of Jewish sages and, and mysticists, uh, fear and love are referred to as the, uh, two wings of the dove, the dove being either the Jew or the soul of the Jew, and that, uh, with fear and love, uh, properly balanced and in use, um, the soul can ascend to heaven and basically be closer to God. So by balancing your fear of God, which causes you to, uh, not want to 
stray or err or sin and your love of God which uh, causes you to want to draw near uh, you can kind of perfect your soul in as much as a human can do that and draw close to and maintain a tight relationship, a close relationship with God. Now, Akane Shinjo is a god in this city, uh, the city of Kaiju, and uh, she wants to connect to these people. Um, she's destroyed the wicked, the uh, foolish people who have upset her, and uh, amongst the you know, the whole city of people, she's also found individuals who she wants to connect to, or her chosen, or her elect, so to speak, and, um, you know, she had told Rika the thing about how she created her to like her, so she wants her to, and is upset that she doesn't, um, and, well, I think that's really, really interesting, um, and, uh, I meant to get to this point earlier, but you've got Shinjo, who's this god who cannot get people to love her and to connect to her properly. And then you've got Anti, who is this kaiju. Uh, well, maybe. He's this kaiju. Um, he's a living being with a heart, like a whatever Goldenrod, Axelman, Schlippity Boopoo says. Sorry, I'm making fun of. Uh, uh, Xenon Man, or whatever the combination of the, uh, of the Neon Genesis Junior High folks is called, uh, cause I don't rightly know. Um, anyway, uh, they tell him, you know, he calls, he calls Vit, no, he calls, uh, Caliber, cause he's got Keller's cell phone number, and I, I couldn't, I didn't realize it at first, it took me a minute as he was talking on the phone to get what was going on, but, uh, towards the end of the episode, or like, right into the last couple minutes, um, the boy, the gray-haired boy, uh, Auntie, calls... <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's really early in the morning. Um, anyway, Auntie calls, uh, and he's talking to Caliber, because they have each other's phone numbers, and everybody knows that we're connected through our phones. Boom. There we go. Uh, closing that loop there. Uh, anyway, he, um... Yeah, he he says, why won't Gridman appear? Why won't Gridman fight me? And Caliber says, it's because you're a living being with a heart and auntie says no i'm not i'm a kaiju so like auntie who has been made by this uh by akane um you know she's another one of his creations but he's uh one of her creations who's like bent on destruction and only knows uh fighting as his fulfillment and really destroying gridman um as the purpose of his existence and like what would he do at if he did defeat him huh anyway um but anyway he uh he is upset that he's being called a living being with a heart uh he doesn't want that recognition he doesn't want that love he doesn't want that connection and uh you know he wants to be a kaiju he wants to be this other thing this monster and, uh, gosh, you've got the god who wants to, the god who acts like a monster and who, uh, is vicious and pernicious and who hurts people, who wants to be loved and adored and can't get it in his, uh, she can't get no satisfaction. Um, and then you've got the contrast of Auntie, who's this monster, this kaiju, ostensibly, uh, 
who isn't supposed to have a connection and he's being treated with loving kindness and with respect and dignity um, by these others, you know, by Gridman and Yuta and, and Rika even um, with how she took him in and, and cared for him and stuff when, when she encountered him. Uh, like they're trying to, they're trying to form these connections to him and, and they're also treating him like a person, um, even though there is enemies, even though Akane, who's his, you know, maker and master, uh, treats him like garbage. And you've got this interesting dichotomy, like, I don't know, an auntie looks so much like, uh, like Akane. I wonder, wonder if it, I wonder if she's, I don't know. I wonder if like all her kaiju are a little piece of her, um, and he's kind of like broken off from her and he's a bigger part of her than, uh, one might expect, uh, initially. Anyway, uh, I'm going to pause here, uh, to reflect a little more deeply and, uh, we'll see what I come up with later. Uh, because like I said, it's really early and, uh, I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure I'm being coherent anymore. So I will be back in a access flash. So it's about 24 hours later, and I cannot promise that there's going to be any more coherency here to what I had to say earlier. Uh, and I only really made one or two notes technically in the time, uh, in the intervening time. So here we go. Uh, I wanted to say, circling back to love, fear, and the Gridman Alliance. Uh, the Gridman Alliance pulls away from Akane because of her aggression and her invincibility. Um, so I'm going to expand on that in a moment. Uh, and then I'm going to say that they embrace Anti because he is vulnerable and in need. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm framing things on this love and fear spectrum. Um, and I'm also framing things, uh, on vulnerability and on in invulnerability or invincibility. So, uh, Shinjo is this god, right? So... She has all this power, power to remake the town, power to erase people's memories and their lives, and uh, she wields this power, uh, she, she throws around her weight, she really has no shame in using and abusing her power, and that causes a response in the people that makes them turn away from her, and you know, she could be nice, but we've only seen her use gentleness and use love or, or use that honey instead of vinegar to uh, get what she wants a couple times. And uh, she pretty quickly turns it off. And um, I don't know. I mean, people see through it in the dream for sure. But other than that, uh, she kind of makes empty, empty gestures to people. And it's probably because they've seeing her true character, or rather they've been witness to the, uh, destruction that the kaiju maker is willing to, uh, wreak on the city, uh, that they're, uh, you know, unwilling to, to give in to her niceties and to her attempts to, uh, play herself off as, uh, an ally and someone that they can trust. Um, Anti, on the other hand, while he is powerful and while we've seen that, uh, it is true that he can counter, he can copy and counter Gridman's abilities, uh, which is how Akane designed him. Uh, he is defeatable. Uh, I mean, like, her kaiju have been defeated, but Akane technically has not been challenged. 
and the power that she's shown has been, uh, I would say, terrifying. Like, when she, uh, you know, wound up in Utah's apartment and, uh, you know, she, I, I think she, like, made herself a key because she wanted one because she's a god and she can do that. I mean, I don't know why she didn't just teleport in there, but... Um, it kind of seems like maybe she teleports sometimes too. I don't know. It's, it's funny the way, uh, she works as a god. Cause like, uh, um, I think there was a, uh, I think there was like a mad TV skit about Jesus, like walking through doors or walking through walls or whatever. Um, or maybe I'm thinking about, uh, I don't know, some old stuff I heard from Chuck Missler, um, about, uh, the disciples being locked up in, uh, I think in Galilee in a house and then like, boom, Jesus appears and they're all freaking out. And Missler was like, oh, you know, he's a hyperdimensional being. Uh, you know, it's no big deal. Um, which, like, yeah, I guess you could say that scientifically or whatever. Or you could try to explain it scientifically. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, miraculous or whatever. So you don't have to at the same time. I don't know. So it's funny to me that in Gridman, they put the explanation uh, for Akane showing up in his apartment as she found a key not she's a god so she just teleported herself in there um or like walked through the wall or door or whatever so that's kind of funny but it's also funny to me that she would like manifest a key for herself as a god so that she could get into this guy's place and uh you know throw herself at him or whatever but anyway um i don't know pretty interesting stuff um but getting back to auntie so he's got this vulnerability because he's been directly defeated by Gridman, and um, you know he's been hurt by by Shinjo. Like when she's kicked him or hit him or thrown her phone at him or anything, he just kind of stands there and takes it and doesn't flinch or show signs of, of weakness or vulnerability or of uh, of being hurt. Um, not even on an emotional level, let's say. Um, and really the most human or, uh, like basic thing that he's shown that he's in need of is food because the boy's always eating. Um, and, uh, have we ever seen Akane eat? I wonder if that's another symbolic thing between the, no, we've seen her drink that tea that Hibiki brought to her. Um, yeah, I guess we've seen her eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have. We definitely have. Anyway, but like his ravenous nature or his ravenous reaction to food um I don't know if it's a sign of vulnerability it's just an interesting like Shinjo uh seems almost like she doesn't need anything uh but she wants certain things and and takes pleasure in certain things and when she tries to get them for herself uh it kind of doesn't work and while she is dependent upon Alexis Carib to turn her kaiju real um, again, that doesn't make sense. Why does a god need that? I, I don't really get that. But then, like, at the end of this last episode, and I'm kind of skipping over Auntie again. Sorry. Uh, but the, at the end of this last episode, they said there's one more human who's still sleeping. Like, I think Gridman said that. Or, or maybe it was, like, Boar or, or, or somebody else. Uh, there's one more human who's still sleeping. And uh, they all thought of Shinjo and, and kind of uh, I got the sense that well they need to wake her up and help her um, so I don't know I'm really I'm really uh, confused as to the actual details of what's going on 
but I'm really liking uh, the themes and the feelings and the emotions that are being talked about. And I guess that's the most important. Like, I guess that's really what I'm for, into anime for. Uh, the cool robots, even even Tokusatsu, you know, the cool robots, the uh, giant fight scenes, the uh, you know cityscapes being destroyed and whatever. That stuff's pretty neat. It's fun. Um, it's divertive, um, as uh, I don't know Elizabeth might say. Um, and if you don't, never mind. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I've run out of interesting things to say, so I'm going to stop myself. Um, and yeah. Oh, I guess a cap on something. Uh, I saw something on Twitter about how uh, this episode was amazing because it turned this, you know, uh, incredible villain into a sympathetic character. Uh, and they showed, they highlighted some visuals, and honestly, uh, what I saw made it look like Akane was, like, jumping off of a building to kill herself, uh, which uh, I'm glad she wasn't. Um, like, it's, you know, suicide is an interesting thing. Um, how much should it be? in media, who knows, you know, um, but I could have seen them going there with this episode, and they didn't, uh, the moment was way different than what I thought it was, uh, when I saw the snippet online, but what I did find compelling was seeing, uh, Akane Shinjo crying in the rain as she is failing to, uh, capture the hearts of these three people in her dream, or in their dreams, that she's interacting with them in whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, and, like, how hurt she is. I guess this is the most... We've seen her angry and frustrated and irritated, but this is the first time we've seen Shinjo, uh, like, genuinely hurt by something. And, and more than that, um, not because I want her to be hurt, but, like, genuinely in touch with her feelings. Like, she is so sad by what she had to do, but or by what happened, and the fact that they didn't respond to her the way she wanted them to, the way she had created them to, um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's really interesting, but the, I think the groundwork has been laid, uh, for her potential redemption, or whatever it's gonna be, uh, and I didn't see this episode as really making that, uh, a prominent thing, um, maybe it brought the main cast to that realization that that is what they have to do or what they should do or what they can do to resolve the situation, to resolve the crisis. Um, but, uh, I mean, I was, I was there a couple episodes ago, but maybe it's because I'm, you know, genre savvy, uh, and I've seen awesome things like Kamen Rider Forze. Um, I don't know, but I, I'm really enjoying it. And, uh, man, Ultraman is weird and cool. And, uh, I really think this anime has been a great gateway for me to get into it. So, not that I've watched any, just because I'm so darn pressed for time. But I can definitely see myself watching an actual, uh, not an actual, but like a live action, a, a live action, uh, entry in, in the, you know, the Gridman, or the, the Ultraman series. Anyway, that's all I have to say for now. Uh, take care, folks. Um, be nice to people. Genuinely connect to them, and, and they'll connect to you. Oh, no. What I mean to say is, uh, in the immortal words of Samurai Caliber, do what you can, always. I think that's how he says it. Anyway, I'm out of here.